Hello and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters who live in different places talk about films from their childhood that are important to them or to people they care about. Today, our guest is Trips Felnicki, who is coming to us from his apartment in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Beautiful, frigid Santa Fe, New Mexico. My penthouse apartment, very luxurious. Happy to be here. Wait, how how cold is life in Santa Fe right now? It's been freezing these last couple of days. I'm glad we're starting with the weather. It does seem like we're really good friends. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I genuinely want to know. Again, it's like we just met in an elevator, <laughs> and we, we haven't known each other years. for years. Yeah. Okay, trip. It's hard to hear again. No, I'm leaning in. I'm leaning so far into the microphone. Thank you, Cheryl. Um. <laughs> The microphone is uncomfortable. I'm so close to it. Okay, but do you, Trip? You do you. Okay. No, I want to be heard. I have things to say, and I need to be audible. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna do it. Um, I wanted to ask about the weather in part because I'm going to return to a moment of radical honesty from several episodes ago, in yes. which I talked about how fearful I am that I'm now weak, and I can, I don't know if I can live outside of Southern California because of my weakness. And you are weak. I'm not going to lie to you. It will happen, for sure. And I've seen, you know, pictures on Instagram, and everyone looks so cold, and it's, like, wet and white and everything. And then I spent my day, I walked outside in a t-shirt, and I sat outside and I read, and it was, like, beautiful and sunny, and it was a moment. It was a moment for sure. I stopped listening halfway through. The weather in Santa Fe is very cold. Just uh, the weather in Santa Fe is very cold. But I think you could live here because it's sunny enough. It's sunny all the time. So even today when it was freezing, the sun is out. And it makes a huge difference for me to be from Chicago, I think. you know. Well, it was sunny here today, too. So it was really well, sunny. Really cold, but it was sunny. Yeah, I think it's, I just need the sun. Like, I can deal with a little cold. I can bundle up. But the sun being out is huge. And now I feel spoiled, probably not as badly as being in Southern California. But, like, I don't think I could live somewhere that's gray skies all the time, like Chicago. Hey, Chicago's not gray skies all the time. Are you kidding me? It's like three weeks at a time. You don't see the sun and see your brain. That is not It was so yeah. sunny all week. It was so sunny all week. I don't believe it. That's all that. That's a load of fake news. That is not, okay, whatever, whatever, Trent. Okay, so what you want. should we get started with our first segment? Yes. So, Trent. Okay, so our first segment always is, and we're, hopefully, we just thought about having, like, music that leads into these different segments, which I think is our next step, Eleanor. I do. Um, I'm in favor. Yeah, I think it would be great. But, so, what is your favorite or was your favorite pop culture thing of this week go okay uh i don't know if you're aware of this but the new yorker has been spinning some hot cartoons in the wake of trump's election okay and it's not going to be funny to describe a cartoon send it to us and we'll post it okay i will but my favorite thing from this past week was a cartoon they were in of a family, it's just a man and a wife, and they have a kid, and the man is reading a piece of mail, and this is even less funny than I thought it was going to be, saying it out loud, <laughs> but 
He's reading a piece of mail and it says, it says here our health insurance is going to be replaced by a series of tweets calling us losers. Yes, really I, I saw that cartoon. It was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, it helps it. to laugh. It has helped to laugh these last few weeks, however long it's been. Well, it's helped to laugh. It's also helped to plan. Like, um, this will sound, maybe this will be something I can wrap up in my favorite kind of conversation of this week is I've become, like, relatively notable among a certain subset of friends in L.A. for planning dinners and planning events. And so it was fun when I was asked, oh, like, so when we protest the inauguration, where are you planning for us to have dinner afterwards? And I was like, oh, this is true. Like, this is my role. Like, this is the purpose I serve. (laughs) Where are you guys going? In and out? No, no, no. Okay, Trip, you need to come visit because, like, we have in and outs, but very rarely in Los Angeles proper. Ah, okay. See, that's just a stereotype. Well, and it's also, and this is this is a conversation that we had particularly about what we would be eating, and the concern is is that we want explicitly to have either Mexican food or Middle Eastern food or Chinese food, because who knows how long we'll be able to have that, um, and we're very explicitly not having quote unquote all American food, so. You're taking that to an extreme. Annie, I like to No french fries on the menu? No french fries on the menu. Um, Probably no chocolate chip cookies. No apple pie. I might just, like, give... It's hard. I really love apples, but I might give up apple products for 2017. No. A noble sacrifice for the country. I'm going to, like, eating apples. I like Mexican food. That's a great idea. I think I'll do that, too. Yeah, spread it around. Mexican food as a form of protest. Are you aware that, like, I mean, I think New Mexico, when he builds the wall, which we're paying for, by the way, is going to be, like, included on the wrong side of the wall. Like, we'll be in Mexico. Because <laughs> he, he won't no notice. No, he has no idea that New Mexico is a part of this. A part of the great U.S. of A. Hardly anyone does. Trump definitely doesn't. Didn't he go and, like... Speak there, though. I feel like he spent some time in New Mexico. He came a couple of times, which is funny. He thought he could win. He had no chance. It's a very bleak. I mean, they went for Hillary pretty solidly, but he did come a few times. It was never pretty. There were some pretty bad protests. Mm. It's a Hispanic majority state. I mean, that was kind of inevitable. I don't know what he expected. Right. Okay, Eleanor, how about you? Oh, mine planning my protest dinner wasn't part of it. Um, oh, there you go. Know. Was it? Well, I would say one of my favorite pop culture things from this past week, and I'll put a video for for it. Um, it was actually something I sent you, Carolyn, and Amanda, um, because on my last day of work, among the at my old position, among the many really great things I did was also with a coworker. We watched a lot of. Um, Jewish renditions of popular songs. Um, And that was, like, pretty entertaining. And I really liked it. And there's one, um, like, Uptown Funk. Um, And I'll share that because it was pretty great. Wait, what makes them Jewish? 613. I'm sorry? What makes the song Jewish? Okay, we'll listen to a little bit. I have it right now. You ready? Yes. 
which was based in 90s music and I flipped out because they it was like Dilemma by Nelly was playing and like all these other songs that I just hadn't thought of in forever and I literally had to pull out my phone and keep finding them on Spotify just because I couldn't live without them once I'd heard them I was like what is going on so that was pretty awesome 90s music I had a really interesting Uber driver last night. It was like one of the funniest Uber rides I've ever had. We were driving. This isn't that funny again. But he, <laughs> we somehow Cameron Diaz came up, and we were talking about her in the back seat. And we, one of us just went like, mm, she's a diva. And the Uber driver just goes, mm-hmm, sure is. And he had, like, he had met her and like on a movie set, and he had a great anecdote about how she actually is. We were just kidding, but he like knew all about Cameron Diaz. Cameron That's Diaz funny. and I have the same birthday, so I also know. Mm, All right. Oh, okay, we need a synopsis. Brave Little Toaster? Yes. The Brave Little Toaster. Because yeah. I haven't seen it, so you got to give a good one. All right. Well, I, I should say before I begin this, I did not mean to get so political in our opening segment, but it's just all I can think about, so it's all I can talk about. You're but, cool. All right, all right. We open on a toaster and he so so brave little toaster is a is a children's a creepy children's movie it predates toast toy story which is interesting because it's the same idea that things that, that are inanimate when you leave the room they come to life so but it's much worse like toy story is significantly better a brave little toaster follows a toaster a uh, a neurotic radio Jewish. He's Jewish. You can call him Jewish. There's a <laughs> it's John Lovitz. Jewish. That's a, it's John Lovitz. Yeah, it's his only character trait is that the radio is like Jewish. Uh, a, grumpy, <laughs> a grumpy vacuum cleaner, a uh, a lamp, a curious lamp, and then a really sad and pathetic blanket that just drives you nuts every time it comes up. It cries every scene. It's so- <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. It really? did cry all the time. Isn't that like terrible? It's such a terrible. It's like the first time I remember as a child being like, "This is the first thing I hate." Like I it was like I'd never seen a character I loathed so much before. Before that was like even the villains and like Aladdin, Jafar is fun. You know who who doesn't love Iago? In the Brave Little Toaster, it teaches you that you can really dislike characters. This blanket sucks. And uh, they're they're stranded in a cabin where they're waiting for their master. They call it the master, really creepily. Uh, they're waiting for the, the man who lives in the cabin to come home because he, quote unquote, would play with them. Ugh! I guess he played with the toaster and the vacuum cleaner. Like, you know, this is so, it's so stupid. This is uh, so creepy. And they make so many weird, like, electrical item puns. Like, wait till I get my plugs on you. Or like... He's got his cord in a tangle. It's so, so painfully bad. And if, I guess I don't want to spoil it because I know I've built it up and probably anyone who's listening to this is going to run out and watch it immediately. But they go on an adventure. It's on YouTube for free, illegally, so you can. I, I know. Did. I just found it. I just started watching it. I only got like a minute in. Yeah, and it goes downhill immediately after that. <laughs> but they go on an adventure. These, these household appliances decide to find their master, so they set out from their abandoned cabin in the woods to go to the big city. And on the way, of course, they learn about themselves and they they grow together. Just kidding. They often are, they, like, nearly killed. Let me back up a second. Within the first 10 minutes of the movie, the air conditioner in the abandoned cabin commits suicide. Voiced by <laughs> Phil Hartman, this air conditioner is angry because... The other household items are bragging about how the master used to play with them. And they say the air conditioner never got played with because he's stuck in the wall. And he has a fit. <laughs> and he just like gets so angry and overheated that he explodes. He commits suicide within the first 10 minutes. And the appliance's reaction is a shrug and go, he was a jerk anyway. <laughs> this is a movie for children. And on their journey, like the lamp basically commit suicide in a lightning storm like trying to get a spark for one of the other guys and they fall into a river and almost die and then they go to a junkyard and they're all almost it's terrible it's truly not not for kids it's not appropriate for any age under 20 and even then if you're over 20 you're not gonna like it <laughs> no this podcast focuses on movies that people love from their childhood mostly but this movie had such an effect on me that I felt, even if it's negative, it had to be the one I share. Because Wait, this movie... okay. Trip though, I have a question. How old were you when you first saw this movie? Like, do you remember the first time? God, not the first time, but probably, like, I don't know, seven or eight? You know, it's... Where did it's... this movie come from in your family, though? Like, I was just looking it up on IMDb, and it was made, like, it was produced in 87, right? So, it's, like, older than your generation. If you do a little bit more research, you'll learn that it became much popular on syndication. So, I don't remember watching this movie when, we're, when we were young, but I do remember aspects of it kind of, like, in the background or kind of at the end, right, um, ahead right like as it was completing but never like watching it yeah it was just sort of around like i remember we watched it multiple times it was one of those movies that was just on and it was just like a favorite you know if it was you know everybody has those it's, i don't know if it was on tv or what or if it was just like 
our parents, we had it on VHS and our parents would put it on because we loved it. But I, I know I watched it many times because when I rewatched it recently, uh, I really, I like remembered the beats of the story. I was like, of course, the, the air conditioner is about to commit suicide and <laughs> they move right on. They don't, there's no grieving process for the air conditioner. No, it's, it's true. It's okay. Cause unlike Annie, I watched this and I would, and I was also able to do a little bit more research on it. In terms of LA animation, a lot of the people who worked on this movie went on to found Pixar. And so the first really? So that makes sense, and it's a lot of the same themes like you brought up um, that we see in Toy Story, but this is definitely intended for older audiences. Um, and, and I think part of that was because when they went to get voice actors, they went to the Groundlings, the comedy troupe. Um, so even, and I found this like an interesting fact, like John Lovitz, so he was cast in this film, but then immediately after that he got picked up by SNL. So what they did is they just had John Lovitz like say all of his lines in one night they captured all of yeah just like they did a marathon recording session um which is funny to think about so then and so it was good knowing that watching it because then what they did when they were recording everyone else's voices is they just had a stand-in would say these lines and they let john lovett's improvised so people were just like speaking not to nothing like there is a big kind of disjuncture in the content from different characters because there was no central coming together i have a question eleanor because you sound like you know a lot more about this than i do but what in your research made you think or informed you that it was targeted towards adults because if you watch it it's it sucks like it's not (laughs) adults would not like a movie if it's written for adults, it's a disaster, and it's written for kids, and it still has these weird, dark elements. Like, it's the, the actual subject matter and the dialogue is very childish and silly, and this plot is... But it, I think you know, it is because it does have these dark elements that it could be targeted towards adults. And so I'm going to bring up two recent films that are, are ostensibly children's films, but and realistically appeal just as much, if not more so, to adults. So... Kubo and the Two Strings. Did either of you see that? No. So I would actually really highly recommend Kubo and the Two Strings, but it is a dark story. In uh, children's, in, it's a he's an orphan and he loses his mother, and his grandfather's trying to kill him, and there's so much happening, um, and it is dark. Also, like, when we think about the movie A Monster Calls, which just got released this past week based off of the young adult book, When A Monster Calls, again, it's it's intended for young audiences, but it deals with a terminal cancer diagnosis. So we do have these incidences with children's films, which are in and of themselves kind of approachable, but dealing with darker themes. And I, I think it... Pixar, the men, uh, the men who and women who worked in early Pixar films, they took this experience and realized with Toy Story, like, yes, we have to kind of cover dark, difficult themes, which they do, but we, also, we also have to make it more accessible for wider audiences. So that's a really good point, because I think I didn't, I didn't, it's important to say that kids' movies are not necessarily, you know, they... Like, if you think about, I mean, the start of Finding Nemo, 
is horrifying. And like up, those are up so sad. Yeah, just off the top of my head. But what makes the Brave Little Toaster like strike a discordant note in trying to do that is that it's so casual how these awful things are happening to these appliances. <laughs> and it, they don't seem to be affected by it at all. Like, it's not handled well. And if you watch it, there's no lesson learned. Like, of course, finding Nemo, and Nemo has to have some struggle to overcome, and, uh, or not Nemo, the main character, what's his name? But, um, you know, it just, it doesn't work at all, I guess. Like, what they were trying to do, it really, and I'm glad it hearing from you, Eleanor, that it then, became, like, Toy Story needed this rough draft then, because <laughs> it's, uh, I cannot imagine, like, Toy Story is a crucial film, and if Toy Story had any of this, you know, it's just sloppy. But I, but here's one of the things that I thought was interesting again, and this is just like tidbits I picked up while doing research online, is that so the voice of the brave little toy toaster, the woman, maybe like four or five years ago, went to Afghanistan to visit her son, and who was stationed there in the military, and she she talked about how members from her son's platoon again not really great at military terms, brought forth to her toasters. And so there is this sense that, like, this movie does speak to people about, like, how do we handle aging or, like, how do we handle being of use or of value? What does that mean? But why did they bring her toasters? Explain. Did I miss that part of it? But, like, I just am not sure about the toaster. This is what makes it so weird. Like, that is a weirdly poignant story. But, like... There's, that toaster is a brand of toaster. Like, it exists. There's a name for that toaster, like a product name. And it's the main character in a movie. It's, like, basically product placement for these different, like, a vacuum cleaner. And it's just, <laughs> but different characters, like, part of the toaster's character is that he has a reflective surface so that, like, the characters, his other friends, like, see themselves in the toaster. And it, like... <laughs> Wait, that's like, beautiful, yeah, though. Do you yeah, not see you yourself... Eddie? Well, they reflect their emotions. So funny. Okay. Well, then, okay, I have a question for you two who have seen this movie, and I'm speaking, obviously, as someone who has it. Um, which character, which of these weird appliances do you identify with most, and why? Um, I don't like any of them. <laughs> I would say, to be honest, at times I identified with the blanket because it's really a shame. Like when you were three, because that's that that's the blanket's character. It's like it's an infant that cannot cannot be sued. That's that character's motivation. Yeah, it was, but just because it like wants so badly for things to like. The master. <laughs> the master. The master. Here, let me just preempt one of your questions. What's your favorite quote from this movie? It's when the blanket goes, the master. A hundred times. A hundred times. It's true. <laughs> but I also really liked when, what was it? Uh, is it the radio who starts acting like Peter Lorre from Arsenic and Old Lace? It's crazy. Wait, how does how does that happen? 
I'll find the video clip. Um, but you guys share. I uh, would probably say I'm the radio because he's the one. He seems a little bit disconnected from the group, and I wouldn't want to be any part of this group's appliances. <laughs> He's like, you know, because he lives upstairs in the cabin and he's just, he's his own thing. He's like in communication with the rest of the world. Uh, he gets the radio broadcast and sports. And meanwhile, the toaster and the blanket are just concerned with like cleaning up the cabin. That's their whole life. Like they just want to make sure the cabin's clean in case the master comes back. <laughs> the okay, can we talk about this master character? It is like really creeping me out. Well, it's Annie, extremely creepy. It's like this kid who. I the part I found most disturbing. I really enjoyed the computer processing song, or the fact that there is a musical song about computer processing. Um, but it was weird. And we can clarify that it is indeed a musical. Well, that has not been mentioned yet. There are songs. <laughs> Annie, you really should watch this. Maybe you should get. Oh, that's some- great. Okay, so literally, my roommate Mo just walked in the room. Hi, Mo. Um, she told me that the Brave Little Toaster like was one of her favorite movies growing up. No, you're you're remembering wrong. It was not. Yeah, you don't have to speak on it. But Tripp said that you had to remember your childhood wrong. There's no way it could have been one of your favorite movies. How do you feel about the suicidal air conditioner? <laughs> so she just said that she didn't remember. So maybe she legitimately doesn't remember this movie, and that's why it's one of her favorites. See, that I think can happen because you don't, as a kid, it doesn't occur to you how awful it is. <laughs> like, it's just like, well, he's an air conditioner and he got angry. Like, that seems troubling. But <laughs> if you're even a little bit older, it's so, so awful. And it's Have you really, watched this movie like, recently? Well, okay, she hasn't seen it recently. Annie, I'll make him watch it again. Yeah, because to be honest, like you should watch it because it's practically unbelievable. Um, and <laughs> one of the scenes that I found most disturbing actually was the master and the master's girlfriend <laughs> and his mom just like squawking at him, being like, yeah. ah, like you don't know how to pack. And like he's like, oh, I'll just like, I don't know, get things. Blah, blah, blah. And his girlfriend's like, why haven't you done it yet? And that was, like, truly a scene. <laughs> Suffice to say, this movie would not come anywhere close to being made today, I think. Right? Can we agree on that, Eleanor? This movie would not get made. I would actually disagree with that. I think you're in a major feature film release. I would agree with you. I think it would have its place on, like, a web series. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. Web series have to have an audience. Who's the audience for this? Trip. This is actually something we discussed in our most recently recorded podcast. There is an audience for everything. The internet is a weird, twisted place. Yeah. Agreed. I can't argue with that. Um. Okay. It's stunning. It's it's really. I do. Yeah. I know you're going to ask. Would you recommend kids watch this? And I say. Not yet, though, Trip. Not yet. Hold it. First, you need to be radically honest. So, there are grievances you need to get off your chest. Just in general, or Brave Little Toaster related? Because I feel like I've been, you know, getting all sorts of grievances. (laughs) Any kind of grievance that's weighing on you. We want to lift off those shackles. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wish I had prepared for this because I do feel feel aggrieved in general in America today. (laughs) 
Well, it can also just be something that's like could be embarrassing if you allowed it to be. Um, So I can talk about how I wish I had more energy at nighttime to make dinner. And I just like straight up don't. Okay, so my radical bit of honesty goes along with that. This is the latest I've stayed up, and currently it's in it's in Chicago when it's nine thirty four. This is the latest I've stayed up since getting back from England. So for oh, over a week now, I've been consistently asleep before nine thirty. I got nothing bad to say about early bedtimes. I'm on team <laughs> early bedtime for sure. That's not radical honesty. That's just I that was. It was also included a weekend. Last night, I told my roommates I would stay up to watch a movie with them, and I fell asleep before they got home. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you're. What I just heard is that you're a terrible roommate. I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what movie was it? That that makes a difference because if well, it was closer, so, you made a good call. On that. We were going to watch. Heavyweights, because I've never seen it. But while I was waiting for them, I put on the Lizzie McGuire movie because I love that movie. But then I was just too tired. <laughs> oh, Gordo. You'll never get the girl, Gordo. <laughs> I know. It's actually like painful to watch that movie because you're like, Gordo, don't you just see that she doesn't want you? I remember a very specific moment from that movie. And I think... I don't feel embarrassed about this at all, frankly. This can be my radical bit of honesty. There's okay. I did watch the Liz McGuire movie. And I remember it being pretty good. There's a moment at the end, like the whole like love, like Gordo's unrequited love angle. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you might have fallen asleep for this point. It culminates <laughs> in, on their plane ride home, she puts her head on his shoulder as she's asleep. And they like fade out slowly as they're like glowing in the sunlight through the airplane window. It's like, yeah, oh, that's he, he did it. He got the, no, he did it. She's just tired and she doesn't have a pillow. <laughs> He's in the middle seat. So <laughs> No, but he did get a kiss. Don't they kiss on the rooftop of their hotel? See, I, you know, I can only criticize maybe two movies max per podcast, and I've reached that max. So. <laughs> okay, fair. Fair. We'll have to get you on more. Maybe you could be our guest star for a Lizzie McGuire movie. Well, Ooh, I'd have to rewatch it. I would say that... I would say that in the background, you have been making my roommate laugh a lot, and she's a big fan, so you could become a more consistent one. Um, Annie, I was also describing to people yesterday how we were podcasting, and then Chris Bentley was a surprise, surprise guest, and then someone was like, because we were talking about how it would be funny to have a segment where we interview someone who doesn't realize they're being interviewed about a movie they don't realize they're supposed to talk about, but then someone else was like, it would just be funny if moving forward you do like, is this a movie Chris Bentley would like as a segment? <laughs> well, he did tell me, like, that was one of the funniest parts is like when he got back on the phone, it was just like, and I'm going to say romance movies are great. And I was like, that wasn't the question. Like, the question is, where in the world would you like to go? And he was just very honest about romantic movies. He's an honest dude. Um, yeah. So would Chris Bentley like this movie? I don't think he would. <laughs> I don't really know Chris Bentley, but it's, it sounds like there's not very much romance, so I would go with a no. Thumbs down on the Chris Bentley scale. 
The toaster never has eyes for a blender or a Cuisinart or any sort of or a coffee maker. That that scene was written, I'm sure. And whatever standards guy there was, cut that the hell out. I know this. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. From from the description, it sounds like this movie was either written by like very strange twenty year olds or like people who were high. Maybe both. Maybe all of that was going on at the same time. But it seems like there should be kind of a strange sex scene between appliances. And I know that's not like safe for work, especially my work. But I don't know. What it seems sex like between might... appliances look like. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they, talk, like they, talk, they talk a lot about their plugs. That's a very... Oh. But uh, what was I going to say? I think it's weird because this movie has... It has this weird feel like if it had gone like full bore satirical or just a dark comedy, it maybe could have worked, but it feels like that was the idea. And then they got a note that was like, it needs to be the most G-rated plot ever. Like they had... <laughs> the kids and so it just the teeth got taken out of it because i don't know it just doesn't work the notes are all wrong okay well then we have to hit our you know the reason for this podcast would you suggest children today watch this movie i haven't seen it so i can't comment i would say no based on your glowing recommendations but i would also say no and I would qualify it by saying if you have watched it as a if you had watched it as a kid and you haven't watched it as an adult, watch it. Because you'll either really enjoy how bad it is or you'll have your childhood memories, I think, qualified in an important way. I think they will have been clarified. I'm gonna go I'm gonna buck tradition and I'm gonna say watch it because it is fascinating, and it could be fascinating to see how a kid reacts to it, especially knowing how much Pixar children consume, and to see like kind of how they react to its uh, its origin story per se. So as a social experiment, watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watch it, I, and then we'll watch the kids. Yeah, I can't say that I will let my students watch this during class time. It sounds like a very strange movie. And dark. And you'd let them watch a Pixar movie, I assume. And this Oh my gosh. Up is my favorite movie. With its roots in Pixar, it's safe to say this is the worst Pixar movie. If it were if it were an official Pixar family member, by far the worst. How old I don't like Monster Names. Like Cars 2 beats this by a mile. Oh, I've heard Cars 2 is so terrible. Don't worry, they're like, making a Cars 3, though, so it'll be fine. I've never even seen Cars 2. Will I have to have seen Cars 2 to watch Cars 3, do you think? Probably not, because they are really hoping no one remembers Cars 2. I'm just kidding, I have no interest. <laughs> um, you know what, right now, though, I do have to say, in terms of, like, children's pop culture, my students basically can't talk to me because I haven't seen Sing. Also, like, Sing is bad. Conversations. Sing is bad. Here's Thank the, you. I really thought it would be. The, the previews have been terrible. So here's the thing. is like This is a movie that for all intents and purposes sh- I should enjoy because it's like singing and it's animation. It's, and I should realize by this point that Illumination Studios does not make movies that will appeal to me. It's a terrible company. 
none of their films have stories. That's the problem, is they have, like, scenes. They have moments. The animation is fine. They have, like, scenes that could work, but they, they actually, I don't think, storyboard before they begin making an animation film. What are some other illumination props? That's, like, uh, Secret Life of Pets and Minions and Despicable Me. Mm. I know, they're all terrible. But uh, in other good news... Or other children movie news. My roommate, Mo, who's apparently her favorite character in the movie, was Blanky. She said that as she left the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he went to the- <laughs> She went to go see Hidden Figures with her family at 4 p.m. on a Sunday, and it was sold out. So that's kind of awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to go on Friday. Is that yeah. the one about the NASA people? Yeah. The NASA? 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 Trip NASA? Said NASA. No, you said NASA. I heard NASA. I know how to pronounce NASA. Whatever. This is a podcast. We can go back and listen. If you have said NASA. Wait, you guys aren't going to edit this? Oh, God. <laughs> you knew that going in, but you haven't made, you know. I haven't been too inflammatory yet. Um, no, I. What, what was I going to say? I was going to say it's weird because that Sing and Secret Life of Pets are from the same studio because when I first saw a trailer for Sing, I was like, did Secret Life of Pets like come back to theaters? It's the exact same thing. I wasn't really thinking about it. <laughs> Trip. So Trip is speaking the truth. Snaps mm. for a trip. Nothing wrong. Okay, well, would, should we wrap up also because it's like obviously way past my grandma bedtime. Um, but, okay, if we could all go anywhere in the world right now, where would we go and why? Should I go first? I can go first. I want to go to Alaska. Why? I just have, I've developed a very... Uh, inexplicable fascination with Alaska. I don't I can't can't explain it. I don't know. Like in my spare time at work I Google it and I learn about it. Wow. It's so Alaska just has so many weird things going on. Recently I was reading that it's in, in central Alaska, Fairbanks, which is like a pretty sizable city and people live there. It's I don't know why. It's so cold. And it's so cold there that when you exhale, like you know how you can see your breath that doesn't fade back into the air, it then becomes fog. And there's a thing called, like, ice fog in central Alaska. <laughs> Where if there are too many people out, there's then a fog problem. <laughs> <laughs> that fascinates me. And then people live there. I don't get it at all. And Juno's really beautiful. I just want to go. Okay, wow. that's cool. I've never thought about that before. Eleanor? You gave pretty good reasons, too. Um... So I was talking to about this with Bobby yesterday. So, because he also hated saying, and he said the part that he enjoyed the most was like, there is a part that is so culturally insensitive. You know how we were talking again about like how how anyone thinks like this is acceptable, and like nobody seems to be upset, or there's not like an internet uproar of the over the fact that there's like a very racist depiction of these 
Japanese kittens that perform like a Japanese song in the sing. And they are like, they come across as like stupid and like petty and pink, for lack of a better word, if I'm totally honest. But to buck the trend, I'd like to go to Japan in support of these maligned characters in the movie Sing. <laughs> You could start the protest. Just start marching in Tokyo. People will join you. <laughs> they really like to cue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, if I could go anywhere right now. Right. I don't know, guys. This is hard. Uh, How do you not have something cued up? I know. I'm the last one. I'm so tired. Maybe oh. my bed. Can I say that? Can I be really terrible? No, I think I would go back to Edinburgh. I kind of miss it. And it's only oh, been yeah. like two weeks. And I like, I miss it. I miss Edinburgh. I felt very much at home there. So I want to talk to you guys about that because that's my favorite place too. And it seems like you guys loved it. We loved it. And honestly, like, it's not as if I didn't expect not to like it, but it, I didn't expect to like fall like, like head over heels for a place in next to no time. Right. Cause Ooh, Eleanor God. and I were literally walking from the bus. No. Yeah. From the bus to our hotel. And we both turned and saw all the beautiful buildings. And then we turned around. I remember, I'll never forget Eleanor. You were like, Oh, and wait, there's a castle. And I turned and it was like illuminated in red. And I was just like, where am I? Well, where it, was, am I? it was even like before that. Cause we got to the airport and it was just, so clearly marked <laughs> and somehow like that was like just not like what we needed in that moment or it was like oh like this bus is leaving in three minutes and you're like perfect like I actually like right now that is making my life yeah they do it with airport, yeah mm-hmm. it's just I don't know I'm wondering if you guys can articulate what's so great about it because you since sounds like you guys just fell in love immediately but the only I can't even come close it's just something about it it's really great all the buildings are piled on top of one another, and they're ancient. And they build up this hill, and then at the top of the hill, of course, is that castle. And they're just it just seems busy and lively, even when it's cold out. Like, it's just a great place. It is. Yeah, no, I would agree with everything you just said. I Multiple times in the last week, people have been like, what was it about Edinburgh that spoke so deeply to you? And I say nothing. Like, I, there's no way to articulate it. And they're like, what did you do when you were there? And I was like, I don't know. We, like, walked around. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, that, like, that is, like, what we did. And it was perfect. Yeah. Because Edinburgh think, was perfect. I'm a sucker for any place with a mountain in, like, the middle of downtown. I agree. All- I think it speaks to me. But I also, I loved that it kind of felt like... It kind of, like, just walking around, I felt like I was in a medieval town, but it was modern, you know? It was like, I I don't know, I could imagine myself walking and other people walking down that street hundreds of years ago, but there I was, and it was perfectly comfortable, you know? <laughs> like, I yeah, don't... it's a very well-preserved, uh, you know, I don't know what year, but like 16th century, 17th century, those buildings are so old, but it all still feels very new. And it just, it's just, it's just happened. Oh, we can all just go to Edinburgh for our, like, um, 1100 block of forest reunion. I'm down. You guys pay for me? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 
Maybe Robin and Bob will pay for it. Can we convince them? Yes. I was going to make, you know, that joke does usually make sense when I'm talking to other people because as a journalist, I'm, you know, just hilariously poor. But you're like a teacher, and so it's kind of, we're on the same level. We are 100% on the same level. Yeah, we're doing for anything. It's fine. Yeah, I'm on, I keep telling people I'm on austerity measures because after the holidays and now my car just broke down, I can't pay for anything. Oh, no. But no, hopefully no. very soon you're going to get a whole storm of Huntington's. I mean, you're getting one Huntington next week. And then, but hopefully in April, you'll get a whole other storm of folk. Yeah, I kind of forgot Ted was coming because we haven't really spoken about it. It's just like assumed, like, yeah, he'll come and I'll pick him up, which I'm sure you guys just innately understand. Like, you don't need to plan with Ted. He's, you know, he's coming. We don't need to talk about it. But he texted me tonight, I'm coming to you so soon, but you autocorrected to Jew. Um, I'm coming to Jew so soon. I had nothing really to say. Uh, That's it. That's all we've talked about. We have no plans. Just Jews. I guess probably Jews. We might hit up a synagogue. I don't know. Or we can watch that Uptown Funk video for a weekend. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. That's a solid callback. You guys need more of those. Okay. Yeah, we should do some mid-time dance parties, too. Right before Radical Honesty. We can just have a dance party. I think I wasn't ready for Radical Honesty, I'll be honest. No one ever is. Okay, so Trip, the reason this (laughs) came into being is because if you ever get bored... Um, there's a show on, I think Annie gets it from Netflix, called Girlfriend's, Netflix. Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. Uh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Um, but they have moments oh, of radical man. honesty. And it was something we took to in a really strong way. And it's so funny because whenever they're going to be honest, they have to say radical honesty. They're like, radical honesty? I hate you. And it's like, this doesn't do anything sorry i was not productive at all you can just it's like saying like i don't mean to be a jerk or when you you know preface your statements and stuff like that like just speak just you know hear me out then you say something awful same thing right it's like not to be offensive but yeah Um, but i'm going to deeply offend you okay well dudes this has been so fun trip you're a great guest star we'll have to have you again Radical honesty. I had a blast. I hope the audio turned out. <laughs> You're so good at this. Okay, well, peace out, dudes. All right. Good night. Bye.